Hi, and welcome to the Swede Life Podcast, hosted by me, Jill. The Swede Life Podcast is an anthology of life abroad, the female story, interviewing women from all over the world and telling a uniquely female perspective on the migrant narrative of life in Sweden. In this week's episode, I met Jo Hall, a native Australian who settled in Stockholm almost 10 years ago with her now wife. Jo quit her corporate fitness job, moved to Stockholm and established her dream training business, functional training in a female-friendly environment. I talked to Jo about creating safe spaces for women and life lessons in Swedish bureaucracy. If you'd like to know more about good to go Jo's functional fitness training gym and classes, please do follow the links on the page attached to this podcast. Hi, Joe. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Good. How are you? Good. I love your energy. It's great. It makes me feel like I have energy. I'm just, I need to draw that off you right now. That's its intention. Okay. It works. It yes. works. Yeah. As we were talking earlier, after, well, for me, it's been six weeks. For you, it's been eight weeks of the summer holidays. I'm feeling the need to have a little bit more energy I thought I would feel rejuvenated and you know back in the game but actually coming back to work I'm just like I hear you I totally hear you and I feel interestingly this being I've been in here for three days and I love 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 my studio like this is a thing of my own creation and it is my heart and soul and three four days in I'm already like god I don't feel like I've been off for eight weeks (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I really I'm just I got up this morning and I'm just like seriously I have had eight weeks off and literally I dropped everything and went I cannot even process work right now for eight weeks and then I'm you know three days in and I felt fantastic last week I was just like yes yes and now I'm just like oh it's just it's normal Okay, this is this is where we're at. So speaking of <laughs> your little studio where yes. we are sat in right now, yes. Tell us a little bit about a what you do and b where it is. Okay, so my little studio, uh, the Good Go Training Studio, is in the middle of Stockholm on Kungsholmen, mm-hmm. right near Kungsholms Tori. I will put it, I'll give Jill a link and she can put uh, that yep, up in definitely. the show notes. We'll put, uh, we'll put a link up in the little show um, um, thing. So yeah, we're, we're, you know, not far from Statshuset, that kind of stuff, eight minute walk from Tears and Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So we're right in the middle of things, really. Um, this place is, as I said earlier, before we started recording, a place of my own creation. Uh, you know, it's my heart and soul. Oh no, I did say that. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> oh, I've it's only okay. had one coffee today. <laughs> it's okay. Um, Easily done. Yeah. I, I've been building this place for years, years and years. Um, and I finally got the opportunity to open it up and start it five years ago, I think. Yeah. Five years ago. What's the date? Twenty five years ago on the first of October. That's really exciting. That's like a proper anniversary. First no, of September. Oh my god, I can't even remember. But that's like a proper September. kind of it's anniversary, like, isn't it? Yeah. It's not like it's just a two year anniversary no. or a three. It's like a it's like significant years. amount of yeah. time. No, I'm still here. Five I'm just years later. Do another little picture. We're recording. Five years later. <laughs> that was awesome. a bad picture, but anyway, that's all right. <laughs> you know what? I'm okay with bad pictures because everybody 
you know, like I'm, I'm about being human. We're all human, right? We're all human. Yes. So it's good to show the human side of things. Yeah. And that's part of what we do here, actually. So back to what we do here. I have four lines of business uh, in terms of business. Uh, we do functional training, martial arts training and self-defense, massage and body work and coaching. Wow. That's what I do. So I've, I've this is my career. This is what I've spent mm every ounce of my being working towards mm-hmm. uh, in my life. I've been training in martial arts for well over 20 years. I've been a personal trainer for 15 years, massage trainer, massage therapist for 13, 14 years. And, and that's yeah. a really significant skill set. I mean, yeah. it's a very, it's a very unique skill set too, is. which I it think is. is, I'm a great believer in unique skill sets yeah. because it means that you you have a USP that nobody else can, yeah. you know. You know, it's it's yeah. me. This is this is who I am. This is what I do. Yeah. I, and it's, I, the reason, one of the reasons, I guess this is a bigger question, one of the reasons why I started my studio uh, and my business is because I kind of struggle to work for other people. Not with, for, can we be clear about that? I struggle to work for other people because somebody else's idea of, of what I should be doing doesn't fit into my stuff, you know? And I, years ago, I had this great revelation when I, I was working in corporate health and fitness back in Sydney and blah, 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 long story short, had a board meeting and I thought to myself, well, I want to go into this meeting the business was in trouble. I want to go into this meeting talking about my passions so that we can bring that forward. And it was the, the board were just these, these, can I go all feminist on you? Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Privileged white men. Do we love those? Oh my God. But you know, it was, there were, there were three men and it was just stereotypical privileged white men who just sit there going, yes, I'm on the board of this business, rah, rah, rah. And there is little old me coming in going, well, I had the idea that if we're going to try and save this business, let's talk about what we're passionate about. And the prelude to that is I sat down and I thought, well, what am I passionate about? Um, The board meeting, that idea didn't go over so well because it wasn't their idea or something, I don't know, Mm. you know, Mm. whatever. Uh, they, I, it was it was fascinating. They just sat there, and one of them sat there looking like a naughty schoolboy. The old guy went off on some completely irrelevant rant, and the one man who I actually had respect for in that room gave a really good answer mm. to an unexpected question. Mm. But mm. it was you know, blah blah. Long story short, my understanding was well, I'm passionate about personal training, massage, and martial arts. Mm-hmm. Those are the three things that I'd spent years training myself in in doing and learning how to do. And in actual fact, what I was doing was managing a team of people who I'd inherited in corporate health and fitness for a company that was more involved with making money than helping people be healthy. Mm. And the team that I'd inherited, I didn't like. Yeah, that's that's not great. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I had this moment. I sat there at my desk with my head in my hands, going, "What am I gonna do?" And I just went, "You know what? I'm gonna quit. I won't quit my job." Mm. And uh, my business was born. Like not this particular evolution of of my business, but my business was born. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in that moment, things just started really opening mm-hmm. up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, two years after that, I found myself here. And, you know, mm. I guess four years after that, I found myself in this space. So um, tell me about how you found yourself in Stockholm, in Sweden. Yeah. I mean, what was that? Tell me that origin so, story. So the rhetoric is when people go, what would you move here for? Especially when they find out you've moved from Australia mm. uh, for love. Yeah. You know, people either move here for jobs, or for work or for love. Mm. Uh, I met my wife in Australia. She was there doing the Swedish backpacker thing. Uh-huh. Uh, and we both played rugby. She started playing rugby at the rugby club. Long story short, we ended up in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the opportunity came. She had to move home. Or, you know, the visa ran out. She had to come back. But our relationship was still good. Mm. You know, so for me, and, it, you know, I was 35 at the time, and I just kind of sat down and went, well, I know what's here. You know, I have, I've, I never did the backpacker thing. I never did the travel thing. Mm-hmm. And I just sort of, you know, gone from high school to study, to work, to this life that was put in a box for you sort of thing. And I was just like, well, I know what's here. I don't know what's over there. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure if I just sit here with this, I'm going to be miserable for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's pretty, that's a pretty enlightened way of thinking at that, yeah. that, that age as well. I mean, like going, I, I know already that this, this, yeah. this, this, this kind of box, this pigeonhole is not really going to... And it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't a very... Like, you know, in saying that, I'm a big believer in you create, you create your stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm. I, and I would have definitely worked on my business. And I would have definitely made sure that my life was as awesome as it could have been. But I wanted to know because I, one thing I hate more than anything else in the world is regret. Yeah. Mm. You know, I, when, as, as a coach, one of my favorite questions is to sit down with somebody and go, well, when you're 75 and you look back on this moment, are you going to go that? Yeah, I know. I knew the answer to that question or I wish I'd find, found out. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like being left with the what ifs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I had somebody who I, I really liked that relationship, mm-hmm. you know, I really, obviously, I liked her because I'm here. <laughs> and you married. <laughs> and we married for the rest kids. of your life. <laughs> you know, I mean, but it, like it was, this relationship was different to any relationship I'd ever had, and mm-hmm. I liked it. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, there's something about my wife that just, it's like this, I just, she's the one. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> um, so, it's lovely yeah. hearing stories like that. Story. Everyone loves a mission story like that. So I moved here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I came here for three weeks just to make sure I was going to be okay with the place. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. fun. Sweden smelled like smelled like pine trees. I, I, you know what? I'll never forget it. I, I got off the back of the plane and had to go down the stairs. So, you know, after spending bloody 36 hours traveling or something... Um, and you go to the back door there, and I just I walked out to great great big breath, and it was in it was in October, uh, so. I was going to ask what time of year did yeah, you come? Yeah, it was in mm-hmm. October, September October, and Sweden smells like pine trees. Mmm. And cinnamon really, buns. Oh, it's just you know <laughs> like. Yeah. Okay. That was my first impression, Amazing. and it was it was awesome, and it was a really you know, 
I, I can get a little bit hippie on people sometimes, but there was some signals there that it's just like, yeah, this is where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So we put put the the red tape in process. Yeah. Um, we had planned for Sophie to follow me back. She went, came back to Sydney for three months, did a fitness course while she was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did all the forms and stuff. Yeah. And then, you know. So how long did that process take in total? <laughs> I know it's not something Let's that people enjoy that talking word. about. <laughs> but I think it's important for yeah, people look, to know. It is. And it's a, you know, welcome to the Swedish bureaucracy. Yeah. My story is a really easy one, but it still took a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, we started, we feel we had the appointment at the consulate in Sydney on the 11th of December. Mm-hmm. I started asking Sophie to ask them for feedback after Christmas. And she's like, yeah, okay. So for anybody new here <laughs> listening to this or wanting to come over, nothing happens between Christmas and Tretton Dags Afton. That's the, the 6th or the 7th of January. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. You know, nothing happens. Yeah. I come from Sydney, man. Everything happens. 24 hours a day, <laughs> 7 days a week. I give a <laughs> shit, it's Christmas. Yeah. You do things. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to swear. Am I allowed to swear? <laughs> I'll bleep out. It's okay. <laughs> you know, so I just... Yeah, I was, I was having an embolism because... <laughs> There was no communication from the consulate with Sophie about my application process. Uh, so, you know what? And I said to her, look, you have to ring them and you have to, well, you don't have to, we would ring them, but speak to them specifically like this. Say, be nice and say, hi, how are you going? Just wondering how this is traveling. Rather than going, where's my stuff? Yeah. <laughs> be nice. <laughs> how are you going? Just wondering. And you know what? My application had the next day's date signed on it. How? Because she was nice. (laughs) There's a little bit of Australian stuff for you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be polite. Be nice, be polite. That's a whole other conversation. Uh, So, but then, you know, so it it took, I guess, about three months, which I realise now, nine years down the track, ten years down the track, that's a really short time. Mm. But in the middle of it, it's a really long time to have your life on hold in somebody else's hands. Yeah. It's very stressful. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that uh, is really important for newbies to remember. And I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm like you. I had a very, very easy mm. journey here. Part, most in part because I'm an EU citizen. So yes. it's kind of like, that's just basically transient borders whatever um but we had to go through some stuff because well my sambo and i are not married we had a daughter here um that was complicated because he had to basically adopt her of course yeah oh so um that's just weird yeah no but that's just the way that it goes you know i I struggle to process that anyway yeah yeah. um and um so that was that was a bit weird but i think i i I am really trying to learn more about what it's like for people coming outside of the eu yeah because i think even i think it's just gonna get harder and harder and harder and harder and longer and longer i mean unless you have you know somebody sponsoring you like i don't know h&m or or you know some one of these mega big companies who's like yeah we want you we want you to come over and work here yeah then it's yeah and you know i've heard some nightmare stories 
and it, it's I, I thinking about it and it, it's gonna sound terrible <laughs> can I whisper that's gonna sound terrible <laughs> um, because I we are in a minority group yeah being mm. in a same-sex couple mm. and it was 10 years ago mm. they were just like yep yeah, okay no worries you can come in. That's so weird. Yeah. Like that. I know. But it's... I I don't know. I'm not mm. inside that person's head who signed mm. my application. Mm. And it was 10 years ago. Mm. And, and, you know, but it was... I look so back on it now. When you say really that, when process. you say 10 years ago, mm. do you feel now that it would be harder for a same-sex couple to... No. I don't. Okay. <laughs> I just think the process would take longer because there is, my understanding is, there's a lot more people having to go through the process because of things like okay. war. Yeah, yeah. Because of things like Brexit. Yeah. Because of things like like just the red tape. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I came here at a time where the, it wasn't stressful to come here. Yeah. You know, people weren't yeah. needing to get away from where they lived. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they were allowed to have their biases, which is, oh, yeah, you're part of the gays. Come on in. <laughs> we like you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I think I thought it's just a really, you know I mean? yeah, yeah. It's a, I think it's a really interesting point and one that I'd never, I'd never really thought about before. But, and I wonder, though, but in the next even six months to 18 months, is that all going to change again? Well, who knows? You know, who knows? What's, what's, who knows? Mm. You can't, but the, I think that my message to people who are wanting to move here and now is just be prepared for the red tape. Yeah. It happens. You can't avoid it. Mm-hmm. But what you can do is talk to people who've gone through it. Yeah. And make some better decisions. First mm-hmm. of all, don't ever ask anybody to do anything for you on a Friday afternoon. It won't happen. <laughs> Just don't do it. Go on a Wednesday. Wednesday's a good day. The other thing that I have learned straight up is if somebody tells you no, but you know the answer is yes or something different, come back the next day, speak to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to speak badly of the people who work at Skatverket and no, you know what, not Skatverket. I've had nothing but good things from them. Um, what's the other place? Fischeklingskassen. Fischeklingskassen. That's the one. Mikrofunsverket. Fischeklingskassen were the people that I had to go through to get my Pichon number. That would have been Skatverket. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. Long time ago now. Okay. Shall I tell my story? Yeah, that, do. Oh, this is, you know, okay, so this, this, this is the, my first introduction to, to Swedish red tape. Sophie, being the awesome person that she is, did all, a lot of the paperwork before I got here, so all I had to do is go straight down and get my Pichon number. Just before I'd moved here, they changed the structure you used to get your ID card, your mm-hmm. ID card mm-hmm. from the bank, uh-huh. but then you got it from Skatverket instead, right? That all happened like in the months before I got here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go in, I get my my Pichon number because I'm not an EU citizen. They put me straight into a, a work. It was called a New Start program, where you got four thousand crowns a month to look for a job. Also, yeah. 
I'm looking. Like I'm looking at yeah, your sorry. horrified. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Eyes are very wide right now. Yeah, but be, that's because I wasn't an EU citizen, and they were very helpful. They're like, and the, the person there was just like, "Oh, you're eligible this because you're not an EU citizen." I went, okay, cool. We'll take that free money. Yes. Right. So I went straight into that. So then, same day, we go to get my edicult. Mm-hmm. And the woman sits there and goes, you can't have one. You haven't been here for six months. And Jill's face is like, what? She, her, her mouth just literally dropped open, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure is what mine did at the same time. And, you know, I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm just sitting there going, does not compute. What the hell? And this is all happening. And, you know, and they do this. this she, they, mm-hmm. Careful what you say, Joe. Uh, she did this thing where they, and I've had this happen more than once. They just speak to Sophie. Because she's my resident Swede. Yeah. All they do is speak to Sophie like you don't, like, and you're It's like, like you're a child. It's, like, it's like you're a five-year-old. I know I'm you're short, like, right? Like, I know I'm short, but I'm here. I'm standing here right in front of you. You can speak to me. I know you speak English because you just spoke it. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. I've been here for a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, you can't have your edicut because you have to have been here for six months. Which is not not true. True, yeah. by the way, everybody. <laughs> so my little ego got all offended, and I didn't get one for another four years. <laughs> you joking? You went through life without an ID yeah, card for took four years. Took my passport around, but but ah, oh, don't get me started with the postal people and the oh, oh but anyway, that's a whole. That's a whole I, I mean, story. that's not that yeah. doesn't just affect yeah. people. That doesn't just affect immigrants. <laughs> that affects everybody oh in Sweden. God. You need an ID card to pick up your post. My freaking mail, mine. It's got my name on it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so this this story doesn't finish there. Mm. Okay, so on this day they're like, we're going to give you money. We're not going to give you an ID card. I'm like, okay, well, next thing I need is a bank account. So we go to the bank, open up a, finally found a, four different banks, finally found a bank that would let me open an account without an ID card. Which bank was it? SCBA. Ah, okay. Yeah. Not the one I thought it would be. Uh, they And you know what? I've had an account with them ever since. They've been very helpful. I love mm. them. Um, yeah, SCB. They finally get, but... I'm like, little advertisement there, SEV, yeah, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Funding, thanks, thanks. Um, but in that, the person who was setting up the account for me, we're like, okay, so can we have internet banking? And the woman just looks at me and goes, no, you don't know enough Swedish. And I'm just like, have you ever heard of Google Translate? <laughs> so... Again, my experience, I've just gone, right, okay, I went into a separate, I, I went into a different branch the very next day, took my details in, spoke to some dude in Swinglish, seriously, I've been here for a week and a half. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, no worries, I can set that up for you. Yeah, yeah. So the moral of the story is, if somebody tells you something that you don't agree with, yeah. go and speak to somebody else. Keep asking, <laughs> just keep asking. And don't do things on Fridays. Yeah. Mm, but it, it, I think that is interesting, isn't it? That the Swedes have a very kind of particular set routine mm. of, you know, you don't, as you as you were saying, you don't get any kind of official bureaucratic stuff done over Christmas, yes. over summer, over. I mean, I've been trying to set up a a, a, a um yeah. banking account for 
oh, I think about eight months now. Yeah. Yeah. And for various reasons that we've had, to, we've been like, you know, yeah, 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 it's not been happening, it's not been happening. Yeah. So, and it's, yeah, just. And I read the other day they said, go and start a study circle. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we should talk about that. <laughs> I'm like, don't even get me started. I mean, yeah. Uh, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, but um, I think it's, it does make there there is some kind of I do find that juxtap there's a lot of juxtapositioning about how you know Sweden really and some some people in Sweden really want to welcome immigrants yes. and and appreciate the value they have and how much you know they do contribute towards the economy but then in some ways as well it's just like but we're not set up for it yes but in some ways they are. I mean, they've got free language training and they've got all yeah. of this kind of other stuff, but then they're just like, no. But the red tape is not set up for it. Yes, and I think it's very outdated. Yeah. Very outdated. It has, doesn't, hasn't taken into consideration this huge, you know, global change in transience and mobility and, and, and yeah, it's, Absolutely. it's deeply frustrating. I, I agree with you. Yeah, uh-huh. and all you can really do is breathe. So in that, but how did you then go from after having that? How did you, how did you find setting up your your, your business in Sweden? Yeah. I mean, was that kind of the so, same? Again, talking about having a resident Swede. Yeah. Okay. That helps a lot. Yeah. Um, Sophie and I, we, in actual fact, what we did the easiest process was to start a handelsblad, which is a business partnership. Mm. Uh, and interesting because we did that. And, you know, she had nothing to do with it. Yeah. But because she was there, everything went very smoothly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I had a girl working with me a couple of years ago. She was from Canada, and her husband was also Canadian. Uh, and the way I operate here is if you're working, you work as a contractor. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to set up your own business and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so she had never-ending issues and I just felt terribly guilty about it because you know she was great and we worked really well together but there was just this yeah the not not having a resident Swede to help things yeah. get smooth yeah I, I, yeah, I, I do have to admit that you know having a resident Swede myself is yeah. has been enormously it's helpful and yeah, even if it's just a, you know you there's only so much really that you can do with as you say google translate and and because i think you know my my swedish is fair to the point where i can socialize yeah. in swedish and i can get by you know on a day-to-day basis but when it comes to business yeah. and legal swedish oh whoosh I, I outsource yeah I, it's i recently Last year we turned the business because Sophie didn't really want to have anything to do with it at all. So it's like, all right, so we'll go from a handles belog to an axi belog. Mm. And mm-hmm. so we're now a company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just paid somebody to do it. Yeah. It was expensive, but at the end of the day, I know it's done. And yeah. there are signatures on that paper as well as mine. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, my, my partner's just set up an axi belog too. Um, and it's gone remarkably smoothly yep. but again you know obviously he's Swedish and he, <laughs> he understands how it works and all the different Swede. kind of little <laughs> things that you know you should you phone the bank on the Tuesday not on the Thursday and you do exactly it's that yeah. kind of you know these tiny in yeah. just 
unsaid things. Yeah, exactly. There is a word for it. What is the word? See, do you find this? This is one of the things that drives me mental is I can't think in either language. Yeah, I, oh, I've started oh. losing words in English and Swedish. Yeah. Oh. But there's, um, no, there, you're absolutely right. It's social norms. It's unsaid un- rules or, yeah. or, or things that um, you have to kind of just learn there's yeah. no way going about it you just have to learn the hard way because yeah. no one's going to sit down and write a whole book no, about you know. know what maybe we should do that <laughs> i'm already writing a book can't <laughs> do another one <laughs> oh, God, God. yeah i'm already writing a book about parenting rules i can't yes. do another one. Oh, i'm gonna read that That'd be good. Yes. um sure you can oh, when yeah. you finish that when one, i finish that one, one we'll do yeah. this <laughs> But, um, I mean, so now that you, so when you set up Good Gojo, mm-hmm. how did you find, uh, do, do, do you get, do you have, is it predominantly immigrants or, or, or non-Swedes or, or, cause I'm, I know I shouldn't use the word immigrants because some people don't identify as an immigrant. So non-Swedes or, or, you know, Swedes, yeah. what's the kind of so makeup of your, my, my business has had some really interesting ebbs and flows, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think is the best way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Like Because I have four different lines of business uh, and I do everything myself, it, it sort of takes longer than what it would take if I had four different people doing an individual task mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or if I only had one thing that I did. And often I sit there and go, why did you do it this way? I hear you. And I'm there. I'm with you. you know, this other part <laughs> of me goes, because you have to. Um, but in actual fact, and this all comes back to setting your intention and being clear about it, putting it out to the universe and just hoping to God shit comes together. Uh, I had, when I was open the first week here, I had... Uh, one of the members of Stockholm Roller Derby come through my door and say, hi, I've been watching you build the place. Are you a new gym? And I went, blah, 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 come in. And so for my first two years, two or three, where are we, five years? So, for, yeah, for the first two years, and this was a really exciting part of my journey here at the studio. Mm-hmm. I had, and I still have an awesome relationship with Stockholm Roller Derby. Mm-hmm. We had a, most of their elite athletes in mm-hmm. here. A lot of the athletes who ended up being in a uh, national team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that gave my business the most amazing initial boost. And if anyone has never seen the Stockholm Roller Derby, I urge you to go and see it because it is a fantastic day out. It's it is fantastic. Good, clean family yeah, fun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and again, getting all feminist on you, it is a feminist sport. It is a sport that is by women, for women, teaching mm-hmm. young girls that they can be athletes. Yeah. Which yeah. for me, as an active person in their 40s, I never had that message as a kid. Mm-hmm. So. I, you know, I met these people and I'm just like, oh my God, you're amazing. I love you. (gasps) (laughs) And then they start training at my studio, you know, and I I still have some really good friendships with those people and good relationships with all all of Swedish Derby. Mm -hmm. Um, I did a a short stint working with the national team as an off-skate coach. Um, You know, so I've had a really good relationship with with Swedish Derby. That helped my business immensely. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that flowed and then it aimed. Mm-hmm. 
and now we're in a different phase and I you know at the moment so we with the, the with the four lines of business I do uh, group functional training mm-hmm. as well as self-defense and martial arts mm-hmm. in groups okay uh, and within that you know we do these strong mamas yeah sessions at 10 30 mm-hmm. on a monday on a, not on a monday where does that come from mm-hmm. 10 30 tuesdays and thursdays <laughs> <laughs> if you're interested come along uh anyway so that's strong mamas we do yeah tuesdays and thursdays and then we do the functional training in the evenings mm-hmm. um and that's what i've ended up there with is people like me <laughs> you know people to, if, if you want to get niche about the market, it's uh, professional women with one or two children between the ages of 28 and 45. Yeah. Yeah. And they, more importantly, when it comes to the functional training, it has become people who probably don't like going to the gym but like to feel strong mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and want to feel like they go to the gym but hate the gym. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I love mm-hmm. because I also hate the gym. Yeah. But I love feeling fit. I love feeling strong. I love swinging kettlebells. I love lifting heavy things. Uh, so in terms of the functional training, mm-hmm. that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. Like I, I've never – until last year, I never sat down and went, okay, this is my niche market. I just kind of left that up to the universe. Mm. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I've done, I'm in some groups, some Facebook groups, business Facebook groups, blah, mm-hmm. blah, expanding myself, trying to be better <laughs> from a business perspective. Not going to lie, I'm not sure a Facebook group does that. <laughs> I mean, you know what? This is actually really good. They're, they're all based in Australia, so it's helped uh-huh, me connect with, yeah. with people who get me. Yeah. Um, again, for the people, for the expats in Sweden, mm. one of my biggest issues is not feeling the thing that, let me re-say that, one of the things I miss most about just doing stuff in Australia is mateship. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that, and, and having, not having to explain yourself mm-hmm. constantly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot um, to there's there's a truth in that. I think yeah. you know I I find something similar as well, and it, it, it it's not necessarily I don't yeah it's explaining yourself, but I, I I think it's more that people just they just need a place they just need to put you somewhere. Mm. I'm gonna just put you here, and I know that's what you are. Mm. And it's then that's yeah, and then that's that's how I can define you, and I and I understand you. Whereas, I, you know, what I'm learning is I have, you know, been on this journey and I've done all the things that I'm doing and, and meeting all the people that I'm meeting is that that's not how it works. No. <laughs> <laughs> and people no. are not that easily defined. No. And it's, it's an ever-evolving... ever. I mean, the person I am now is vastly different yeah. from the person I was even five years ago before I moved here. Yeah. I mean, and it's because of my situation and my experiences and, yeah, the people that I've met that have completely transformed how I view the world, how I absorb it, what you take away from it. So I get that. I totally understand that. Do you struggle to go home? Massively. Yeah. Massively. It's like um, I do not feel home at home anymore. Um, But that's, again, because my experiences in Sweden have transformed how I see the world yeah 
And, you know, I go back home and I'm absolutely horrified. I'm horrified. And I don't want to sound, I don't want to come across as being a kind of doomsday or, you know, like, oh, this is awful. I live in a complete utopia, but it terrifies terrifies me. You know, you go back and you're just like, oh, that is not part of my value system anymore. Yeah, I totally hear you. But then again, you come back here and you're like, whoa, that is not part of my value system. So it's yeah it's, yeah, it's difficult. It's a difficult one, isn't it? But I think there's, a, I think that's a, the thing a lot of people talk about is that you know once you become a transient, you know, migrant and you move across borders and you take away different experiences, I think it becomes more and more difficult for you to yeah feel at home yeah somewhere yeah I hear you yeah I totally hear you I I I went home. My last trip home was February last year mm-hmm. and I just, I found myself just sitting in conversations going, I, I, I can't sit here. I cannot sit here. And it, to the point where I, it's, <laughs> I'm struggling for words. Um, and, it, you know, I, I get emotional about it because you spend so much of your life and to be clear, I'm talking about opening up and understanding what feminism actually is. Yeah. And I'm talking about the way women and people who are in a minority get treated yeah. and marginalised and, in inverted commas, air quotes, uh, othered. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until moving here did I really sit down and go, oh, my God. Mm. Part of the reason why I feel like shit every single day of my life is because I am a second-class citizen. Mm. I am somebody who is to just not not be recognised, not heard, to be paid less, to be you know made to feel less than, mm. just because of my gender mm-hmm. and because of my choice in partner, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's really shit. Mm. <laughs> Did you feel that was exacerbated when you came here, or was it just more of an sort of enlightening moment? It was enlightening. Yeah. It was let go. Mm-hmm. It totally let go. Mm-hmm. You know, you come here and, and people, you know, they find out you're in a same-sex relationship and they just go, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Even for, and this is not the same at all in any way, shape or form, <laughs> but, like, the, the um, when I, in the UK, when I told my employer's friends such and such that I was pregnant with my daughter, the first thing that we said was, uh, oh, my God, was that an accident? Oh, my God. Um, and it kind of really <laughs> showed me back. And I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> no, that's, you know, and it was only because we weren't married. Oh my God. Yeah. But it wasn't until I came here. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. <laughs> no, but it wasn't until I came here and kind of, you know, we were, we know more people who are unmarried and yeah. have children than people who are married yeah. and have children. And, you know, there was no absolutely no you know any no discrimination or no awkward weird moments or questions being asked nothing people just go and then cool is this your first or your second how much time are you going to take off (laughs) yeah exactly um and the and and that but that was the first moment i was like okay so where i come from is a little bit more behind the times than i thought it was and and yeah and that that for me was a was my enlightening moment but then there's been so many more 
um, since then. Yeah. And it's a lot, been a lot to do with my politics, my mm-hmm. values, my... Yeah, I mean, how, you know, feminism has been a massive part of my enlightening yeah. here. Um, and that's... Um, and I'm really grateful yeah. for that. I just... Totally I don't think I, don't, I mean I don't know where I, where my head's been for the last <laughs> thirty years. I'm like in a, in a impressed. In, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Possibly. Exactly. Under the veil of mm. white man. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but but that's and you know when you, when you sit down and think about it, that's 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 the social norm mm. in the place places like where you and I come from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's. You go home, you try and get yourself into a conversation which, in a circle of men and you're suddenly, you're physically squeezed out. Mm. It's like, hold on a minute. Mm. I'm actually, and particularly when it comes to martial arts and that kind of stuff, I, I personally uh, am grateful and don't understand why I'm about to say have the privilege of. Uh, isn't that interesting? We'll, that's the, that's we'll open that up yeah. in a minute. <laughs> Um, but have you know have the privilege of having the respect of my training partners Hmm. Uh, but we've been training together for for 20 years but in that it is only the people who've trained with me for 20 something years Hmm. know what I'm capable of and what I can do Mm -hmm. anybody new who came into the dojo would challenge me because you know they're men and I'm women Uh, I'm women I'm a woman Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you outrank me, you're a woman. Mm. And it's just like, yeah. But I think the thing that really, <laughs> and the thing that really frustrates me, what I'm finding really frustrating at the moment, is that it's the denial yes. in everybody. <laughs> I, what? I'm, I'm a feminist. I, I love women. I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm not racist. I'm, you know, oh I, I, like, I've got tons of black friends. Da, 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 and I'm like, it, yeah, it just, I mean, it, I, it, it really kind of puts me in a position of going, I need to, I need to learn more about how I deal with this and yeah. how, how, how you can, I, yeah, I mean, I, I understand, you know, the, 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 the title of that book, Why I Stopped Speaking to White People About Racism, because mm. it, my God. It's not helpful. Oh, my not. God. I mean, it just... <laughs> but if I mention this, if I advertise this, this friend of mine is going to listen to this. I'm pretty sure of it. You know what? I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, I had a friend of mine put a thing up on Facebook with this woman who put up this rant saying white privilege doesn't exist. Yeah, and that was my reaction. And part of me, like my my choice in this, rather than jump into the three hundred comment argument that ensued, uh, I choose to sit back and go, okay, my new mission with you, my friend, is to slowly feed you information that might help you understand that white privilege does exist, and you are a recipient of it. Mm-hmm. And when you can finally wake up mm. and smell the coffee on that one. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. How do we change? You know, and for for me, that's how I deal with feminism as well, and yeah. all of these things. And you know, I do the same thing to myself because it is about understanding yourself first. But, and I think as well. And yeah. I and I am. I mean, I've just kind of started on on this understanding mm-hmm. um, because I still am. Um, Calling myself out on a lot of stuff. Yeah. All, all the, all the friggin' time. But, but see, isn't that what it's about? 
I think so, yeah. You know, I, I, I really think that that's, you know, personal growth is about going, oh, I do that. Mm-hmm. I should stop. Yeah. Rather um, than going, I can't believe you do this. You're an idiot. That doesn't help. Arguing with other people and arguing with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't help. Yeah. But yeah. just calmly, cool, collected with no judgment yeah. and kindness. Yeah. I yeah. do that. I want to stop. What's a different action that I can do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 also being more aware of it in in in, in other situations. Like I've become more aware of it in in stuff around me. Mm-hmm. You know, things that I would never have even thought about crossed my mind. Whether it was in public billboard advertising or on the internet or you know something that somebody says in a comment or somebody that you know something that the the particular way a a news report is angled something like that and I suddenly I'm like whoa okay this is a lot deeper and a lot more not I don't want to say the use of the word sinister but much more institutionalized (laughs) yeah (laughs) I was going to say institutionalized. You know, bring, bring, bringing it back to, to me and what I do. Yeah, sorry. That, no, 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 you're <laughs> kind good. Kind of gone off on a tangent. Because, no, it's an awesome tangent. And this totally links in because <laughs> rather than bring it back to me and what I do, I just want to throw in there as a, as a self-defense instructor, mm. one of my big things getting back to the way women are treated and, mm. and people who are marginalized is to teach people that, uh, you know, personal power comes from within. Mm-hmm. And so often we are taught, and I'm going to speak specifically about women here, uh, we are taught that, first of all, if you're attacked sexually, it's your fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, second of all, you must be hypervigilant and more situationally aware I'm going to start on a massive rant there. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll just stick with those two. Yeah. All right. Let's not, so, go, let's, let's not go any more into the clothing or no, anything like know, that because, and, <laughs> you know, and, and on those two points, my, my, as a, as a, as a female martial artist and a, sec, and a, a self-defense instructor, my current mission is to educate all of my friends who male friends who teach self-defense, but to also allow the space for the women who come in here and learn these techniques and stuff, that women are situationally aware, they are hypervigilant, they f***ing know but they don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, there was this uh, a young woman uh, just before summer was murdered in Australia and it got very much blown up in, in the media and that kind of stuff. Uh, and one of the more famous reporters did a piece where she turned around, like the the police came out and said, women need to be more situationally aware. And she did a piece where she basically just turned around and said, women are situationally aware. Men need to stop raping and killing women. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, yes. (laughs) But (laughs) so for me, getting back to the subject Mm. is teaching people that you are you are already doing these things. Here's some more tools to do in this situation. Mm-hmm. I've totally forgotten my first point there. Um, you I were talking about. Um, mm. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Anyway, well, it'll come back later. <laughs> yeah, it'll come back. So you know, self defense. Women teaching teaching women in particular, because yeah. most of my clients here are women, uh, and and 
we teach men and uh, people, uh, trans, trans and non-binary people differently in actual fact because stuff. Uh, you know, but teaching them that personal power comes from within and it starts, it starts long before being raped by your ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Mm. You know, this, that situation, and it's horrible and it's nasty and I hate having to talk about it, but that situation started a long time before that. Yeah. And if I can catch that person mm-hmm. 6, mm-hmm. 12, 18 mm-hmm. months before that mm-hmm. situation go, hold on a minute, stop this one behaviour and replace it with this. Mm-hmm. Men who are likely to force you to be more compliant will stop behaving in that way towards you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and, and bringing it down to, to, you know, brass knuckles and that kind of stuff is basically when somebody does something in a safe environment, you go, hey, that's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where it starts. Yeah. And swinging it back even more, it starts yeah. with me as the parent of a boy. Yeah. I've got two boys. Yeah. And I f- will get determined. Yeah. <laughs> To make sure they grow up knowing how to treat people properly. Yeah. You know, but how do we, how do we change the world when it comes to that kind of stuff? You know? It's it's all about the coercive control, isn't it? I mean, that's yeah. when it's oh that's God. that's when it that like, and it's not just it's the from the, the I, I remember it, it's from the the minute somebody tells you to put things in the dishwasher a particular yeah. way, or yeah. or 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 tells you to. I don't know. Um, doesn't like the way that you do your hair, or doesn't at school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was never caned at school. Thanks. I was never no. But they did have the cane when I was in primary school. Really? Yeah, I'm that old. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, they phased it out. I think. I think the last person I know of who got the ruler or something was in like year seven at school. I can't yeah. remember. Anyway, sorry. Mental, anyway. You know, but it is, yeah. It's about the control. Is it, yeah, that's, just, where, that's where we were originally. I still yeah. haven't remembered that yeah. first point. But yeah. That's all right. So, and I, I think that... I, taking it back. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. No, but it's, it's good because it then it, this goes back into what you do and about having... I mean, would you... Your your business isn't just for women, though, is it? It's no. For everybody. It's for... God, yeah. it, it is. This is a safe space for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I want to be really specific about that. Because it, it has worked out that I am 98% women. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just worked out that way, but it was never intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I have men who train here. I have boys who train here. We do kids' budo. It's half-half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't ever want men to feel excluded here. Mm-hmm. But if you come in here mm-hmm. as a man mm-hmm. doing things that I feel are not okay you will be uncomfortable and you will leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one, one of the things that I have actually learned, like getting all woo on you, <laughs> one of the things that I have learned is that people who don't belong here don't stay. Yeah. But isn't that, is, that's quite normal, isn't it? It's quite natural. You know, some, you know, if somebody doesn't, it doesn't feel... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go with the vibe. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've had... In five years, I've had one guy come in here where I've just been... I've been really uncomfortable. And, you know, I've, people have noticed how uncomfortable I was. But he was the friend of one of the people who was trained here and they brought them in here because they were visiting, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But 
I will. And it, you know, my uncomfortableness was, was because of his attitude mm-hmm. and the way he held himself and the way he handled himself, which was essentially, I'm the alpha male in this room. We all know that. And for me, it's just like, you know what? I'm the alpha male in the room. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, just pull your dick in. Yeah. <laughs> but, but in a room full of clients who come here regularly, I and this also is, and can't as a, just turn around to him and go, hey, pull your dick in. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can't do it. I also want that client who comes regularly to come back. Mm-hmm. And I know he's just visiting. So that's I've got to put really up with difficult. it. That's swing. Yeah. You know, it's that's... just like, <laughs> So it's hard. Yeah. You know, it is really hard. What, you know, how do you, how do you stop that? No. But yeah, we're not we're not just for women. <laughs> we're, we're for everybody. Um, as long as you've got the right attitude. <laughs> yeah, you know, be respectful. Yeah, that's all it yeah. is. Safe mm-hmm. space. This is safe space. Yeah, and I, I like that um, analogy because in the things that we do and the stuff that we run, and I'm talking about a little bit abroad here. That's the kind of environment that we want to have is a safe space it's uh it's a a space that's free of judgment it's free of um yeah comparison or competition or or a free space that's free from um yeah just i think i think the big thing is judgment i'm so sick of you know people especially mothers judging mothers and that why can't we just be nice to each other or understand that everyone's going through a really shit time sometimes and that you just need to lay off (laughs) oh i so hear you i don't i don't i i've never understood it as an adult i particularly don't understand it as a parent i am quite vocal (laughs) about people who get judgy yeah about other parents it's just you know everybody's got their way of doing things yeah and just shut the fuck up um you know i oh should i share it share share a story yay we love a story full of stories sitting with our first son uh, and i was still working in the in the building industry at the time i had a job working in the building industry for three years here whilst i was assimilating <laughs> to society. Maybe we, maybe we should talk about that. Yeah, we can talk about that. We can do that. We can talk about that now. Um, anyway, so, you know, Elis was ah, six months old or something, but he was going through this phase where he just would not leave Sophie's side. He just wanted her. He did not want me. wasn't interested in me. If you've never been through this as a parent, it will happen. It's coming. Be prepared. It's not personal. It's mm. just a phase. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so I'm a very pragmatic person. I'm just like, yep, okay, whatever. <laughs> she, I met them, she came in and I met them up at Tears Central and she was like, I really need a drink. I'm like, okay. You know, she had the pram and I just sat down with him in the pram. She walked away. He lost his shit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, come on, buddy. Blah, blah. No, it wasn't working. Sorry, all right. She'll be two minutes. Whatever. Uh, so I got an email, something, put my phone out, start reading the email. This woman comes up to me in Swedish and says, you might be really good at your job, but you're a bad parent. Oh my God. <laughs> just, I'm like, oh. And I just, my eyes widened and you know, I'm not a very tall person, right? But I'm a very big personality when I want to be, I know how to raise up my energy and I stood up 
And I looked her in the face and I'm like, you go f- <laughs> and the look on her face was just like oh i'm like yeah you messed up here lady and i'm looking around for sophie because i'm not about to leave my child no but if she was coming out of that store and she she saw me and she took off into the tunnel banner and if sophie was coming out of that shop at that moment i was going to take off after her and give her one for because i was not very impressed uh, and I'm not going to put up with that kind of behaviour. How old? If you don't mind me asking, how old was she? She was an older lady. Mm. Uh, mm. Yeah, she was not not a younger mm-hmm. parent. Mm-hmm. She was mm-hmm. an older lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, obviously, she's entitled to her opinion. But uh, I'm a big fan of getting all the information mm-hmm. before I go all judgy pants on somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, yeah. that's the that's at the end of the day. This is this. That's what my yeah. we. Had, we have no idea what yeah. is happening in somebody's life she at that particular time. I've just spent the last three or four weeks having my heart broken because my new baby just does not want to have anything to do with me. Yeah. My new baby who almost died mm. does mm. not want to have anything to do with me. And I'm just like, fuck. Mm. And mm. she's all, you're a bad parent. I'm sorry, sticking fingers up right now. <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah. So let's not be judgy pants. Yeah, yeah. I completely get that. Yeah. And or or the, it's the you know the big thing about you know why why are you not breastfeeding or oh or 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 you should you, sh- you shouldn't breastfeed in public or you should oh and, you're, and I'm just like oh I've even had people sort of like make comments about the kind of shoes that I put my child what? in. What? Oh yeah. I mean it's just like oh just as you who just does kinda, that? Uh, people who are bitter and have nothing else to do with their time oh and who 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 just want to make everybody else feel as bad as they do. Yeah. Oh um and and who are clearly very very unhappy. I mean that's the, my only thing. Yeah. Like think looking at it from a place of complete, you know, kindness. It must just be that they are so desperately unhappy. And I feel, I really feel sorry for them if yeah. that's the, the, the one, the best thing that somebody ever said to me was, if you ever have to deal with a troll online, yep. you know, you DM them and you go, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. Because it shuts down the conversation instantly and it makes them go, oh, hang on a second. Yeah. I don't really have anything bad to say to that. Yeah. What do I, you know, because more often than not, there is something yeah. deeply, They're miserable, deeply wrong in yeah. their lives. Have you, I, I'm going to plug another podcast right now. Uh, there's a, an episode of This American Life okay. where uh, the person doing the article um, fed the troll. It's fantastic. And she goes in and talks about how she fed the troll. And she, you're not supposed to feed the trolls, blah, blah, blah. And she did. And it ended up, she ended up in conversation with the person who was trolling her and working out and changing this person's life mm. because mm. she did exactly that start mm-hmm. the conversation mm. mm-hmm. and also can I plug it I'm going to talk about another podcast <laughs> sorry <laughs> um, but they're awesome uh-huh. uh, The Guilty Feminist okay I think I've heard I, of, yeah I've heard of it I'm, if you want to do a collaboration I thoroughly recommend it okay um, it's uh, done by Deborah Francis White, she's a comedian. It's hilarious. Like, I I particularly listen to it on the tunnel banner because I laugh out loud whilst listening to it. And I like it because you're not supposed to laugh out loud when you're not in conversation with somebody on the tunnel banner. It upsets people. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she... Uh, they have some really good podcasts in learning how to talk to people like that. And in actual uh-huh. fact, 
the one that I listened to yesterday talked about she was being trolled by by a men's rights activist. Oh, joy. Yeah. <laughs> and she talked about the conversation that she had with him and she did the same thing. Yeah. She's like, well, let's talk about this. Yeah. And then by the end of it, he's like, ah, oh, maybe not all feminists are yeah. man-haters. Like, no. No, we're not. that's not the point. Yeah. I just want equality. <laughs> not the yeah. point of being a feminist yeah. <laughs> um, back to the point love yeah peace love among beings baby and you know no judgment yeah yeah no judgment was there um tell us what your um most popular classes are and when they're on so that we can wrap yeah. that into the podcast i'm gonna say go in and check the timetable on the website, uh, on the website. which we will link to yes good to go dot se um my most popular classes, the, you know what, the one that I'm really going to plug right now mm-hmm. <laughs> is my self-defense class. Okay. Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 o'clock. Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 o'clock. That's good. Um, nice. And it's not a course. You just come along, do some do some sessions. Most people, you know, stay around for a while. Some people are happy with just doing one so session. So it's kind of pay-as-you-go sort of thing. Pay-as-you-go. We do like a uh, pay-as-you-go or a 10 visit pass. Cool. I don't like making people pay for not using Mm-hmm. Not a huge fan mm-hmm. of people just throwing their money away. So, you know, you only pay when you come in. Yeah, and, that's a clever you know, idea. Most people get a 10-visit pass. Sorry, I'm just looking at my board there. <laughs> um, yeah, most people get a 10-visit pass. You come in and, you know, do a self-defense class. Sounds amazing. Or a functional training class. Or a functional training class, which yeah. is weights. Yeah, swing kettlebells and free weights and bags and body weight and balancey stuff and okay it's fun come in and do one shall okay. we book you in are you a, you're not a morning person no <laughs> <laughs> thursdays thursdays at five o'clock is functional fit okay it's straight up functional training for an hour okay on tuesdays oh. tuesdays and thursdays at six o'clock we do fighting fit which is half an hour of stand-up punching with i think I, I think i'll stick with the functional no yeah right. <laughs> come in thursdays i'll book you in for next week oh my god i'm Totally now have to be you accountable for this. You, <laughs> you all okay. Well, okay, yeah, okay. You've, you've persuaded me. I'll come in. <laughs> I'm so crap at these things. But, okay, but there's no failing. This no, is why functional no. training is awesome. There's no failing. Okay. There's coming in, having fun. Okay. Feeling strong. Yeah. Feeling strong. I'm all about feeling strong. Yeah. Especially as a parent. Yeah. Really important. Yeah. And I need to get. I need to get stronger. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much for thank speaking. You. It's been we've got we we've, we've covered everything from oh life, love, and you know everything in between. Where did we uh, go? I know how long. Yeah, um, but thank you very much for telling us your origin story, why you're pleasure. here, and uh, yeah, everything absolutely in my pleasure. You're so, yeah. more than welcome to come back. Yay, we will. And we should do this again because yeah. I'm having fun. Yay, it's quite addictive, isn't it? It is. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you very much, Joe. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, you'll be seeing more of me here. Yes, I will. Sorry. (laughs) That was a little bit light. (laughs) Um, And uh, yes, I will. (laughs) Pictures to follow with the podcast. Yes. Of me doing my functional training. Yes. Yes. Okay. 